We're joined uh, over the um, over the airwaves by um, Denise Frazier and Mara Sullivan, organizers of Tulane's Indigenous Symposium. And um, before I do your bios, could you just say hello so I can make sure it's coming through the board here? Hello. Haku haku. Kastro alishao. Excellent. Okay, um, Denise Frazier uh, from, the, uh, and I, I compiled these bios from uh, from the Center for the Gulf South and, and Tulane Mellon Program sites, so so there, there's the context. Denise Fraser is Assistant Director of the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South. A scholar, educator, violinist, and Gulf South native, she describes herself as fascinated by this region and enthusiastic to work with other people who are excited to discuss it uh, as well and put it in a larger and more global context. Denise earned her master's and PhD in Latin American studies from Tulane and now serves on the program committee of Tulane's Indigenous Symposium. Mara Sullivan is a member of the Coastal Band of Chumash Nation and a PhD student in linguistics and fellow in the Tulane Mellon Program in Community Engaged Research here at Tulane University and a member of the Indigenous Symposium Program Committee as well. So I want to start uh, with you, Denise, if you could talk a little bit about the Center for the Gulf South and your relationship to this event that we're discussing today. Absolutely, and, and thanks for having, having us, Theo. Um, New Orleans Center for the Gulf South at Tulane University, we're basically an interdisciplinary place-based institute. Um, we were founded in 2011 and we're part of the School of Liberal Arts. And we're dedicated to preserving, pre perpetuating, and celebrating the distinct cultures of New Orleans and the Gulf South. And all of our programming is based on the belief that the more we understand where we are, the more we fully can engage in our democracy and collective destiny. And we're very excited to, um, to have this uh, third annual Indigenous Symposium um, in March 2021. So, um, so, and and when we uh, initially planned to have this conversation, this was slated to be starting on Friday, so uh, just a couple of days from now. Um, could you talk a little bit about the symposium, like how these plans have been coming together, and the history of the symposium here at Tulane? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it was supposed to be this Friday, and of course, because of the pandemic, it's been postponed. Um, it was first organized as a response to the um, post-colonialist uh, tricentennial uh, rhetoric. Um, the indigenous tribes had lived in this region centuries before French colonization, and the executive director of New Orleans Center for the Gulf South, Rebecca Snedeker, um, asked the question, what could the anniversary teach us about the native colonial encounter 300 years ago, as well as about this moment in the world and our future together? And the Indigenous Symposium was an attempt from the center to answer this question, and it came in the form of a really important partnership with a Tulane professor and historian, Dr. Laura Kelly, and a committee of internal Tulane faculty and external scholars and artists. And we created the first Indigenous Symposium, which was uh, two years ago, Indigenous Spaces, French Expectations, Exploring Exchanges Between Native and Non-Native Peoples in Louisiana. Um, so it came out of, um, the idea of the symposium came out of that context. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I, and I recall that, I mean, as you're describing that, I'm just recalling that that time and that the sort of the, the, the erasure of those stories from the way that that was being told, like in sort of the larger discourse. And, and um, I remember going to the first symposium thinking, wow, this is really different from a lot of the public dialogue that's happening right now and is being supported. Um, and on that note, the theme of this year's symposium or I guess I should say now next year, some, this year's symposium being held next year, is uh, Being Native Today, Indigenous Identities in the Gulf South. Uh, and I think that sort of speaks very much to, to what you've been trying to do since the beginning. What are some significances of this uh, thematic choice, Mara, if you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, hi Theo, thank you. Um, so as a native student on campus at Tulane, um, this conference is very close to my heart. And the theme that we've um, created, Being Native Today, really kind of speaks to us as indigenous people today, mm -hmm. um, what it means to be part of institutions, what it means to be um, collaborating um, and I think as well myself as a guest on these lands. So my homelands are in California um, and a lot of the work I do is place-based. So definitely um, the Gulf South, um, really just focusing on who are the native people here um, and so much um, of kind of the national conversation around native people tends to invisibilize like smaller or more kind of local tribes. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely just, making space and creating these um, panels and dialogues where we can bring in community artists, we can bring in scholars from these different tribes, um, and especially our keynote speaker. So um, really just giving space to Native people of the Gulf South. That was a big, um, really important part of creating this symposium. And Denise, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, yeah, she's uh, absolutely right. Uh, if you check out the website, indigenoussymposium.tulane.edu, you can uh, see our schedule highlighted there. We have a great lineup, as Maura indicated, of scholars, performers, artisans from a wide variety of different Gulf South regional uh, tribes and um, tribes beyond this region. And if I may, I would love to just shout out all the different tribes that um, will be represented. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Uh, so we have um, Tunica Biloxi, the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians, the Choctaw Apache, the Lumbi Tribe of North Carolina, the United Homa Nation, Oneida Nation, the Grand Cayu Dulac Band of Biloxi Chitimacha Choctaw, the Ponashen Indian Tribe, Ildijan Charles Band, the Jenna Band, Choctaw Indians, Peoria Tribe, and um, of course Mara representing the Coastal Band of the Chumash Nation. Mm -hmm. um, so we're very excited about our, our lineup and representation this year, and it's the biggest that we've had, um, the most uh, diverse regional tribal representation that we've had in all three symposiums. That's really, uh, that's really awesome. And I think it's like, it's something that I'm thinking about, um, you know, kind of on a, a comment that you made, Mara, a second ago is like about, um, I, I don't know, like representing like, complexity and interrelationality and also like pushing against like this sort of the like the 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 push for like recognition or something or like a way of like oh like I don't know generalizing I, I I feel like I have a question that's coming into place that um but it's sort of me just saying I'm I'm very interested in the way that y'all are talking about representation and, and inclusion and thinking very being very thoughtful about that um so and, and sort of on that note um I I think um I would be interested to hear more about the events and the ways that people were planning to be involved this week um, and things that are now going to be planned for a later time. Absolutely. Um, so the, the title of the symposium uh, for 2021 um, is being native today, indigenous identities in the Gulf South. And so as Maura indicated, we really just hone in on how native identity has changed over time and what actually makes someone Native American, the myriad of, of ways that um, tribes self-define and unfortunately how um, colonizing agents have tried to define mm -hmm. um, tribes and tribal identity. 
Um, so uh, Maura talked a little bit about the key, or alluded to the keynote speaker. Um, we we're very excited about Dr. Melinda Lowry, who is from the Lumbi tribe, author of the Lumbi Indians and American Struggle, which I'm very excited to, now that I have a whole year to read it, um, <laughs> hopefully we'll get a chance to read uh -huh. her book. Uh, she's of the um, Lumbi tribe of North Carolina, um, and she'll present Indian Southerners and Americans, race, tribe and nation during Jim Crow. Um, she'll be able to elucidate the, this comparative perspective of how the Lumbees, um, who are the largest tribe east of the Mississippi and one of the largest in the country, how did they survive in their original homelands and maintain a distinct identity as Indians in a biracial South? Mm -hmm. um, so she'll bring this kind of um, deep South perspective and have a great um, comparative, uh, shed a, a comparative light with a regional uh, mm -hmm. Gulf South indi indigenous groups. Um, so I'm really excited about um, her coming and talking about how her tribe has survived um, and thrived during the Civil War and Jim Crow and during the Civil Rights Movement and all of the later movements of the 20th and 21st century. That sounds really, what was the book called again? Uh, her, she has two books. Um, one of them is called The Lumbee Indians, An American Struggle. Um, so she's going to really like talk about this um, just really fascinating topic of racial identity and how that um, plays out in various ways with um, Deep South, North Carolina, indigenous communities and the Gulf South. So we're very excited. And she's already signed off. She signed off this morning to present next year. So um, it's great to hear. I, you know, I, and I'm interested, I feel like something that's coming out of this, and, and I have this question prepared that's sort of staying with this idea of the focus on um, geographic regions that you're speaking to and, and shifting things, but, but also this sort of relationship between like experiences today and like the kind of his like, you know, relationships with the present and the past. And I'm looking at, you know, this, uh, this um, talk plan from Brian Klobotek, the Gulf Between Us Relating Indigeneity in Louisiana and Mexico. So also these kind of like relational and comparative experiences, like feels like just a really powerful way to frame this conversation. Yeah, I think I'd, I would love to comment on Brian's work. Um, I'm really fascinated by um, his work as kind of connecting different places. So I love seeing kind of, you know, we're talking about the Gulf and I think that our mental space is so um, influenced by borders. So a lot of times, you know, we just kind of cut off there at Texas and we don't think about how those relationships um, happened in the past and then how we can continue to kind of, um, you know, focus on how people are interacting now. Um, I'm also really fascinated um, as a native academic, you know, where we end up working. And I think as native academics, it's really hard for us to be in our homelands. So mm -hmm. it's really exciting for me to have this opportunity to bring these folks, you know, back home regionally where they get to interact with and be part of um, the native community here. Um, and so I know definitely I was looking, still looking forward um, to um, Klopotic as well as Carlton's work. So Kenneth Carlton is um, an archeologist and his work, um, was bringing in Naniwaya, the mother mound of mm -hmm. the Choctaw. So once again, kind of these place-based um, um, dialogues and his, um, his work as a 
Tippo, which is a tribal historic preservation officer, and he's from the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians. Um, and so that was kind of building off last year's um, schedule. We had archaeology, we had history, and then this year as a indigenous linguist, um, I was excited to bring in a panel sustaining culture through language. And so that was bringing in the Tunica Biloxi folks as well as, as the Coasati language and the Coshada tribe of Louisiana. So for me, it's been really exciting to bring in the language aspect. Um, and language is also a site of a lot of trauma for uh, Gulf South tribes. Like mm -hmm. some folks do not have language records. And I think for me as an indigenous linguist, that's kind of like my go-to conversation piece with a lot of people like oh what's going on with your language and it's been very humbling for me to kind of realize that the specific historical and colonial situation here um, some people didn't get to preserve their languages and so for people who do you know um, getting to know the Tunica Biloxi people and um, watching them as they are breathing life back into their language has been um, it's been a great honor to be able to meet them and work with them. And that, uh, you know, that, that also makes me think about, um, you, I'm interested in asking you because, you know, you are a linguist and are, yeah, that's one of the things that's informing what you're saying right now. But uh, I think that you're like uh, involved in this community engaged research and that research is very much, you know, informing your, like the things that you're just saying and like putting together this panel, like how do you see like your work and the potential for like, um, universities beyond events like this to be a part of like helping to to facilitate that experience and offer a structure for it? Yeah, it's been really great for me to actually put into practice what we've been discussing over the two years that we are part of the Mellon Fellowship. Um, so I'm a year behind you in this program. You were definitely part of shaping what my cohort has been doing with Mellon Fellowship. Um, and so for those that don't know, community engaged scholarship is really just co-creating and designing projects with communities. So it really brings communities to the center. Um, I really feel it um, you know, levels the playing field in terms of what has been historically extractive as academics. Um, a lot of people just go in, get their data and then peace out. And it's like, well, how can we shift that paradigm? How can we, especially as people from underrepresented communities, um, when our voices are at the center, and that's what I really feel like I'm advocating. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been very conscious of the fact, you know, I am a guest here in these homelands, which are shared by Chitty Macha, Homa, um, you know, and further out, the Tunica Biloxi, Attack of Ishak. So I'm just very conscious that I'm a guest here and like, what can I do to advocate and to be in this space and to make sure that we're um, creating a space that's comfortable? Because definitely academia um, has not been comfortable for Native people. Mm -hmm. And um, Denise, I, I wonder if you would want to add to that, you know, just from your perspective, working with the Center for the Gulf South as being um, kind of a, a, a program that's that's housed in Tulane and is very much, you know, from my perspective, seems to be really committed to shifting representation, shifting, you know, leadership in, in how kind of research and representation happens. Um, yeah, we, we definitely are a center that really seeks to um, 
bring people, bring diverse underrepresented voices in this region is more indicated. Um, academia is not the necessarily most uh, diverse mm -hmm. structure, but it's um, the Tulane University is definitely a place that has um, a lot of resources um, that that we do want to distribute equitably, whether that's um, related to um, finances and being responsible about that or, or having voices represented on Tulane's mm -hmm. campus. And so that is very much a value of our uh, center, also understanding how the climate crisis, um, environmental crisis have also affected um, all of us in a myriad of ways. And that relates directly, of course, to indigenous communities who are losing land doing to rising sea levels. And mm -hmm. so all of these things are um, deeply embedded in our research interests in at the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South. And we seek to partner with different people to be able to achieve um, goals of greater awareness, whether that's through the Mellon Fellowship. We're very lucky and grateful to have Maura um, help us with the Indigenous Symposium or um, any other of the internal Tulane communities or external communities who we partner with. Um, I want to shift because we're starting to run up, run up against our time um, and ask, uh, you know, well, I have this sort of a two-part question. One is about uh, if you know if any presenters who were uh, planning to speak today, like are, um, have any online resources that people could seek out or a way to be found or like if folks are, are planning other events uh, since they're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to be in person. And then I'm also curious for you both, um, in, whether directly related to this or not, what kinds of um, online gatherings or you know, low density gatherings or on the airwaves you know, presentation you know about or would want people to hear about as we're sort of trying to figure out how to connect in this, uh, in this pretty novel time at the moment? I like that word novel. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> um, I, I would just uh, say you could um, please uh, friend us on Facebook. We are NOLA Gulf South, New Orleans Center for the Gulf South, and we will probably have our most immediate updates on our social media. And our Twitter is um, at NOCGS, and our Instagram is NOLA Gulf South as well. And um, so please hit that up, but we will also um, update our Indigenous Symposium uh, website, which is, and I'll just repeat it, um, indigenoussymposium.tulane.edu. You can already check out the very first Indigenous Symposium there. We have the entire day available online. If um, anybody has time or wants to watch the whole thing, it's really exciting material. Um, and uh, all of the bios for the presenters for this upcoming symposium are also offered online at indigenoussymposium.tulane.edu. I want to say a special shout out to Ariel Pintas and Court Batson of the School of Rural Arts um, because they're constantly updating our website. And uh, we hope to provide footage on our website from last year's symposium, um, Sovereignty in the State. We hope to provide that really soon. Great. And can I just do one more shout out too? Because since you all mentioned the Mellon Fellowship, we also have other partners at Tulane who have supported the symposium. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, thank you. So. Um, just giving a shout out to the School of Liberal Arts at Tulane University once again, uh, the French and Italian Department at WWNO, the Center for Public Service at Tulane, the Murphy Institute, and um, the Department of Anthropology. So thank you all. Yeah, I'd also like to um, shout out, you know, we are 
continuing in the coming years to just like I was talking about centering this in the communities who call New Orleans and Louisiana and the Gulf South home. And so we've done um, outreach, um, but if you're listening and you feel called and you'd like to be involved, definitely get in touch with us through our different social medias or email because in the coming years, we'd like to just, you know, this year we were supposed to, and obviously next year we will um, have basket makers and craft people and just really make this a space that people feel comfortable and they want to share and it just becomes a place for dialogue as well as increasing the presence on campus right now we do not have a native student group on campus I've been trying to start that um, and also we have it finally have a Native American studies minor which I was part of creating with my advisor Dr. Judith Maxwell and so we're really trying to push that forward I've heard people from the community tell me I would love to do a PhD in indigenous studies and so I know academia is like so slow to roll but I just feel like the more we show up on campus and we create and we open these doors um, that we will be able to create that presence Absolutely. Excellent. Well, um, well, I, uh, uh, Denise Frazier and Maura Sullivan, thank you so, so much for uh, t- spending some time with me this morning talking. Um, I'll get this podcasted as soon as possible and, uh, and everybody knows how to stay posted. Uh, so, uh, so take care and I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so thank much. You. Leo. Thank you, Maura.